Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Three Points Podcast. We are very excited to be discussing the opening Premier League weekend um, and all the events that took place over this past weekend. So again, here with Charlie Rose and Brady Ellingson, we're really excited to kick off our, our podcast by discussing some Premier League topics from this past weekend. But fellas, how are we doing? Good, man. We're doing good. Um, felt good to be back. You know, first weekend in the books. It was a lot of fun, a lot of good games. Uh, but yeah, missed it all summer. So just happy it's back and uh, excited to discuss with you boys here next couple hours, next hour or so. Yeah, I second what Charlie said. It was great to just have everything back. Kicked off with Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, just four days straight of Mary League. It was awesome. I think for me, it kind of kicked in when I heard Peter Drury's voice come on and do his like opening monologue. I was like, man, we are so back. And it was so fantastic. Just to, like, just I feel like that was like the first one I was like, we're back. We we're ready to go. So, uh, but yeah, we are going to touch on you know, a few different points. But um, first thing we want to start with three points podcast, we're going to go over our three points from this past weekend. Um, we're just going to go around and have a take from this past weekend. But I will start. Um, I believe I was wrong on Newcastle when I went over our Premier League predictions last week. They look like an absolute wagon. Uh, beat Aston Villa 5-1. to one. Um, Sandro Tonali looks like the next Pirlo. St. James Park was rocking. I, I'm still confident on being on the Villa train, but my biggest takeaway from this opening weekend was how fantastic Newcastle looked. And I think they might be in for a bigger season. I might have been wrong about them to start, which I think we kind of, I'm not sure if you guys feel the same though. Yeah, I uh, hand up, you know, Newcastle's damn good. Uh, like we said last week, St. James Park is tough. That's probably top three place to play in the league. So, and they showed why. Um, but I think, yeah, I was big on Villa. That train will leave the station next week. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> Correct. New- Newcastle, uh, yeah, they're going to be a force we reckon with all year. Yeah, yeah, I was I was kind of on the side of, it, of Newcastle for that game, but I did not expect them to play that well and for Villa to play that bad. So, yeah, St. James is going to be a fortress this year. Well, I just I knew there was going to be energy from them, but I didn't anticipate. I thought Villa would put a little bit more of a fight. I mean, I had them as one of my like favorite bets they go into the weekend, but just I think I knew there was quality, but I just think like how good the chemistry was just like for the opening weekend. That was probably the biggest thing. I felt like they had like great chemistry and obviously when the crowd's behind them, it's it's a tough place to play. So um, that's my biggest takeaway from this from this uh, opening weekend. But uh, Brady, what about you? What do you got? Yeah, my biggest takeaway was that the new the three newly promoted teams are not very good. They did not have the best showing week one. Um, Luton Town got destroyed by Brenton by Brighton at home. Um, it was, I believe, four one, five one. Could have been nice worse. Four one, yeah. Four one. Um, yeah, Brighton really put it on them. Then Burnley, Burnley did decent, um, but still ended up losing three zero to City at home. And then Sheffield United lost to Palace one nil. But it, look at the advanced stats and all that; it really wasn't close. Palace could have had another goal or two. Yeah, I. So I watched a little bit of the Luton Brighton game, and like, I was like, "Oh, Luton's hanging in there." And then they had one like dumb giveaway that's just like that's like some championship stuff right there, which yeah. I mean, I'm sure Charlie knows all about, and we'll get into. But it's just like, man, like they were kind of hanging in there. Like it was two one, they got a penalty, and yeah, they they did look a little overwhelmed. But Brighton's a good team, though, a good squad. Yeah, Brighton put up four expected goals on them, which is a lot. Brady, I think I'm just gonna move you to like 
executive XG coordinator of this podcast. Let's, let's do it. This, this let's guy do is it. always on the XG. That's like, I feel like there's so many times where you, you're even like the team loses. You're like, hey, can hang my hat on. We had the XG. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a moral victory. God. <laughs> didn't bounce our, the ball didn't bounce away that, that no. time. No, I guess not. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, though. I think there were... I mean, Luton didn't look great. I didn't watch a lot of the Sheffield game. I think Burnley, I'm not going to def- you know, denigrate them too much for getting manhandled by City, though. So, yeah, but we'll see. I can see what you're saying, though. Um, Charlie Rose, what say you? Yeah, um, this might be kind of a hot take, but I think the new rules were pretty good. Um, big fan of the new rules. Refs did really well week one. Again, maybe we'll... I don't know if I'll say that all year long, but really, really liked the new rules. They're trying to get rid of time wasting. Um, lots of yellow cards were handed out, even in the games that I just saw. And there's other games that I didn't watch, but they're not letting them kick the ball around for free kicks, taking too long on throw-ins, having ridiculously long first half stoppage time, which usually it was one to two minutes max last year. So I'm all for it. I think it's to stop all the BS and all the kicking around and, holding the ball on the sideline. So shout out, shout out the rules team, shout out the refs. I think it was a good first weekend and pretty smooth. All things considered with a lot of new rules, but I was all for it. Um, more soccer for me. I don't really care about the commercials, 15 minute break, whatever, like more soccer for us, us fans. So I like the new rules and I think it'll be good for the whole season. I agree, especially on when it comes to like the time wasting and like stoppage time. I think it's fantastic. Like give me more soccer. Give me seven minutes of extra, like, stoppage time like i'm also imagining this like at anfield like if like 10 minutes of stoppage time goes up like that's just going to be a madhouse if we're like trying to chase a game or something but i also agree i think like a little bit tighter on players like when they're like trying to like signal for a yellow card like giving that player who asked for a yellow card like actually giving them one to try to knock that out i guess question to you charlie though i know you said mentioned you were a fan of the refs how much of that um was influenced by a very questionable um call on onana uh, this afternoon, which essentially handed Man United a win. Did that, did that have any influence on um, your praise for the referees here over this first weekend? <laughs> if if you motherfuckers think I'm going to apologize for that win today, not happening. <laughs> Don't care how it happened. Um, yeah, I was sitting there watching. I didn't really watch the whole game. But I was sitting there watching the end, and I was like, damn, that's a clear, that's a clear pen. Um, but I think they protect <laughs> the goalies, and I think they do that. would do that around the league. Um, I think it was the wrong call, and I'll take it. I take it. He takes it. Um, but, yeah. So, good, good job by the refs the whole week. And, I, and thanks for the call today. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. All right. Charlie Rose, pro refs. I like that, though. I, I agree with all that. Brady, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah. I mean, you you were saying uh, 10 minutes at a time at Anfield chasing a goal. Well, Salah will probably be subbed out, right? Jeez. He'll be off the pitch by then. Oh, Brady, we will we will get into all that and more. <laughs> Oh, uh, um yeah so kind of want to cover some of these games obviously we're gonna touch on our teams first here gonna go chronological order uh so first first up brady the floor is yours spurs versus brentford 2-2 draw pretty exciting in the first half but uh would you would you like from this new era of of tottenham football yeah it was it was a lot different to watch obviously harry kane not on spurs anymore um, but the whole style of play was so different. Spurs really wanted possession, and Brentford seemed to be okay with giving it to us, and they just kind of hit us on the counterattack. Um, James Madison was unreal. Eve Basuma was unreal. And a lot of our new signings impressed me as well. Our goalkeeper was solid. Our new center back was solid. Um, 
our new left back was really solid too. Wait, sorry, so you said the goalkeeper think... was solid? That guy was so sus, dude. <laughs> Brady, I thought he was sus. He's missed a penalty, and then it was a deflected goal. I know. I thought I feel like there were a couple times where he came out, and it just like wasn't yeah. sure. But yeah, I think he I was. Mean, I think he was a little nervous, but I mean, I I thought he was all right. I thought yeah, he was all was right. Okay. All right, fair but, enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think. Brentford Brentford away is a really tough game and I I'm happy with the draw especially with the way Romero started off with his goal and then he had to be subbed out right away so that that kind of hurt our defense a bit but we play such a high line and it's going to scare me playing these good teams uh who have speed and really good finishing like this upcoming weekend against Man United I can already tell you Marcus Rashford's going to score a goal that's my lock of the week he's going to score in a counterattack or just he's going to be someone one on one and he's just going to be in on goal but, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we just need to get the front line sorted out a bit with Son, Richarlison, and Kulisevsky. They just didn't really gel that well together. I don't know. It was obviously Richarlison being the striker now. It's going to be a lot of these other guys are going to get used to playing with him, but it's just going to be different. Yeah, I thought James Madison was really solid. Like you said, I thought he was probably one of the more impressive guys I saw this week, like just seamlessly kind of, you know, sliding into that Spurs side. But, um, yeah, up front. Wasn't I wasn't really impressed, but I mean, I thought as a whole, though, at least like it did look a little different, though, like Spurs trying to be on the ball. Like, I think you guys had 60, 65 percent possession, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like 67, which is unheard, That's unheard of. of for you guys. You guys. Just yeah. Get on the ball. Yeah. Emerson, <laughs> Spurs having 67 percent possession. Emerson Royale banging goals outside the box. Yeah. Was, what is that? It was something else. Hey, he's back. That forty million dollars that we paid Barcelona is starting to become worth it. There you go. Finally, return on investment. And then yeah, I saw Romero obviously scoring a goal, but got concussed. We weren't sure if he was concussed before or after, but clearly after, he definitely was. He looked like he was not on the same planet. Because he he knocked heads with, uh, I believe it was Embuemo, like the third end of the game. They're both down for a bit. Honestly. Good for our medical staff and our uh, manager to take him out. You know, that's not easy after a guy scores a goal. But obviously they care about his health and the longevity. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he'll be able to play this weekend. We need him. Who's yeah, your, I'm who'd gonna, you, who'd, go ahead, Charlie. I'm just going to jump in here real quick. Um, I know we said last year Spurs were like a roller coaster ups and downs. But holy crap, dude. I think they're going to be even more of a roller coaster this year. Uh, lots of goals. Lots of giving up goals. I mean. I put my notes. The goalie was super soft. That guy was running all over the place. Um, <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, Van de Ven, like, amazing game. Are we going to forget about the fact that he kicked the ball into the wrong goal? He shouldn't be getting praise for that. I know it was an accident, but like, everyone's like, oh, he, you know, nice 10-star game. The guy scored an own goal. You cannot like, what the hell is he doing? Um, all right, that's enough. But I'm just, I, I had to get off my chair. Aaron McGuire has been the captain of the team you root for for the past Oh Five years. boy! He stripped oh boy. the captain. David De Gea has been your goalkeeper. He's not playing. All I'm saying is those two. Everyone was giving them flowers, but I don't see it. Um, I'll tell you what. Madison is the real deal. He's going to be really good, and I think Udogi was really good. He's going to be have, have a good year. But oh wait, Richarlison another league goal without another league game without a goal. Let me put on my oh, that's so unlike him. Phase. Oh no, yeah. another game no goal. <laughs> Shocking oh, striker. Oh, he's on Brazil's national team. That's all I have to say. When did you see the goal he scored against Serbia? Did you see that? That was How many points do you get in the Premier League yes. for that goal against Serbia? <laughs> uh, 
Brady, question for you. You said 2-2. Are you happy with the draw opening weekend at Brentford? Or are you like, or were you a little disappointed? Um, if you would have asked me before the weekend, I would have been fine with it. We we drew at Brentford last year. I mean, they're they're such a compact team to to play against, and I mean, they're just so well drilled, and they they just run and press once they lose a the ball. So it's it's just they're not an easy team to play, and even worse at their stadium. Yeah, I thought you guys in the last like twenty twenty five minutes, I thought you guys were looking the better team, more likely to score. So yeah, yeah, I agree. That. And I mean, yeah, Son had like two chances that I thought he could have scored, but also Brentford missed like a kind of a tap in at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I didn't really like the penalty that they gave against Brentford for against yeah. Son. Yeah, I thought that was, was kind soft. of kind of touchy, but you know, mm-hmm. goalies goalies can just. WWE body slam people in the air, but hey, someone tapped your shoestring, you go down. Yeah, evidence by Andre Onana, man. Yeah, can you do? Um, different rules for Man U. Different rules for Man U. Amen. Uh, keeping things rolling here. Um, Liverpool Chelsea, which was the Sunday kickoff game at ten thirty. Um, one one. I felt. First half, I loved. I really enjoyed what I saw. I thought we were energetic. I enjoyed seeing Sobotai and McAllister, Mo Salah, really doing a nice job, like creating for Luis Diaz. I thought that first goal was beautiful. Absolutely loved it. That's the kind of football I want to see. And I felt like some of those passes from McAllister and Sobotai, like would not have seen from a Jordan Henderson or from a Fabinho last year. So that part going forward was encouraging. I felt like we had a couple chances to make it two zero, potentially three zero, a hair off sides. Um, for Salah's goal, which is disappointing. And then uh, obviously Chelsea came back and almost scored two in two minutes, but VAR came to our rescue as well. But still really shaky at the back. I feel like it's always constant one-on-one defending or last-ditch defending. Uh, Allison did still did a nice job, but I was a little disappointed. I thought going in, I know obviously 1-1, I think I'm okay with that. But on the whole, I felt like Chelsea were the better side in the last, you know, pretty much the whole second half. I thought they dominated. I mean, they had 65% possession. so. Uh, I'll take a point, but overall, pretty disappointed. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, a lot of the same thoughts. I thought Chelsea, like you said, last 45, 50 minutes, the game was all theirs for sure. I think you guys came out of the gate really hot, which was really fun to see. That Salah pass to Diaz was beautiful. Um, it got me off the couch. That was pretty sweet. Um, I was impressed with Sobosai. I thought he was really good, really strong in the ball. Um, and then I thought Nunez, when he came on, gave you a nice, a nice spark. So I think, I don't know. I think I'm just a Nunez guy. I think he's got to, you got to figure out a way to get him and Gagpo on the field at the same time. I don't think Jota really brought it this week or had a good week, but that's just one week. He was I think, pissing me off, dude. He was yeah. pissing me off. He missed a chance. He took it. He missed a chance. He took a chance off Sobel's side. Nice run. He was like, and I like him. I think he's one of our better finishers, but yeah, like from like in the opening, like six minutes, I was like, dude, figure it out. So, yeah, um, but I think I think Nunez was really solid and he helped out at the end. It was just kind of I had I got weird vibes towards the end. It kind of gave like last 15, 20 minutes gave off like a friendly vibe where and he started like subbing off Salah and the whole front line and then like Sterling and Reese James start coming out and I was like it just felt like I'm like are they both going for a tie right now and then you're bringing on Doak and Harvey Elliott and it's like then they started playing really defensive so that was yeah. kind of confusing to me. Um, didn't really seem like a Klopp type thing to do. But I know it's game. It's week one, so maybe he's just trying to keep him healthy. But 
that was kind of odd for me. And, and you could tell Salah was freaking pissed. So, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want to come off in the 15 minutes ago like that week one, but good game overall. Yeah. I actually, I don't mind the Salah, how he like went off the field entirely. Like I think, I don't think Klopp really, I don't think it bothered him that much either. And um, more so, I think it's just one, one game. I know he keeps himself in great shape. So what in the 78th minute being subbed on by a 17 year old Ben Doak, who I'm excited about, but like, I mean, I would probably rather have Mo Salah in at that point, you know, in that, in that situation. So I did think, I thought fatigue was a big factor both in this game and kind of all games like this first week. Um, I thought a lot of, like just some teams are kind of playing in into shape a little bit, um, getting that figured out. But, you know, I think Liverpool will probably win this game if they have like a solidified uh, central defensive midfielder in the team. You know, I think if we um, only could have wrapped that up. Oh, Brady and I did an emergency podcast where we had Moises Caicedo locked up, <laughs> ready to join the team. Published it. We knew it, we it was here. We go approved by Fabrizio Romano, and then now he's off to Chelsea, which we'll get into. But that is probably glaring hole. McAllister is playing, you know, that holding midfielder role, which like he can do it, but he's not. He's not. That's not like his best strength, and he shouldn't shouldn't be playing there. So um, that was probably one glaring hole. I noticed though, but Brady, what'd you think? Yeah, it was a, it was a good game. I mean, I probably came up, came off, came away from it a little more impressed with Chelsea. Thought they were just better than I thought they'd be. And they're only going to get better with Caicedo in the midfield. Um, saw Reese James came off because he was fatigued, which is weird. He usually comes off injured. So I'm glad he's not injured, you know, just obese James really better with him in it. Yeah, what? obese James. Jeez. Obese James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. He did come off. But yeah, Chelsea looked really good in the second half. And like even with all the like, changes and we've discussed it, like these Enzo Fernandez was incredible. I think he I think he's probably in the top tier of Premier League midfielders, like in that um just in that like top tier, I would say, just based on skill, style, control of the game, the second half, like was never rushed. Um, really created a lot of chances for him, c- caused a lot of problems and clear overloads there. So um, I'll take a point, but overall, pretty disappointed because I thought we could have won it. Um, thought we could have taken care of it early. You know, that when we were on the front foot, I uh, could have taken care of it. But um, we'll go into you know a bit more of the Chelsea-Liverpool drama here later. So um, that leads us next to Charlie Rose, Manchester United. Um, played here at 2 o'clock today. I did not get a chance to watch it. Admittedly, I did watch the... Um, highlights on NBC Sports, but um, Charlie, what are some of your some of your takeaways from the first three points of the season for Man U? Yeah, I mean, uh, three points. You guys are each at one point, so sucks for you guys. But Wolf, uh, totally undeserved win today. Um, but I guess sorry, not sorry. I take the dub and move on to the next. But um, overall, pretty frustrated. I, I mean, I, it's a win. A win's a win, but they didn't look great at all. Um, and it just looked like I was Jacking. watching the same, it looked like I was watching the same Man U team from last year, a strikerless Man U team that's just trying to like throw wingers into the false like striker positions and like just, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love it. I think it's weird. Marcus Rashford gets you 20 plus goals from the left wing last year and you reward him by starting him as a center forward this game. Like that's not his spot. That's pretty dumb on my part. And it's like, the one thing we needed to do this summer was get a striker and the guy we brought in just was injured right away. Like who passed him on the physical and like agreed to the signing. He just 
hurt his back immediately. Is uh, it his make back? Because I, I saw he was hurt. What's what's the situation there? How long's he out? I I heard back, and then he's going to hopefully be training soon. So very vague, but it's like Woof. how do you sign that guy for eighty million? Um, but anyways, I thought I mean they eventually moved Rashford to the left, but I'm not I'm not sold on Garnacho. He's about one hundred and twenty pounds, and every time he was in a physical play, got thrown on the ground today like that was nothing. And then Anthony, like, I never really was into him. I think those are two soft wingers. Um, didn't really provide much, but I thought Juan Basaka was great. Veron had a great game. Um, besides the questionable call at the end, Onana was great. He made a lot of good saves. But again, like, this, was a, this was a Wolves team that a lot of people had potentially being relegated or, like, bottom of the table. In the last 15 minutes of this game, Wolves had five to seven good chances to man use maybe one or two. So. Pretty disappointing in that front. Um, we're going to have, a, obviously, Spurs is a lot better than Wolves in my book. So it's going to be a tough uh, game this weekend. But, yeah, uh, really didn't address any needs or striker, their striker needs this summer. But a win's a win, and we move on. We move on to the next. Yeah, so I watch, like I said, I watched just, like, the NBC highlights of it. And it was, it's, like, 15 minutes long. But the first, like, 10 minutes is all just chances from Wolves. It's just straight like Wolves chances for the opening pretty much like 70 minutes. And like, clear, like there was a couple times I could have scored, like, but nothing like super crazy. But I was just like waiting for the man you like, oh, beautiful move there. Nothing. Not until uh, the Varon header there. Uh, with like, did they seem like just, just, just like disjointed, like kind of like rusty or like low energy? I'm kind of surprised by that. Like opening week, like starting at, at home, I'm kind of surprised by them having a little bit of low energy. Uh, yeah, I think I think it, they didn't bring it totally. I mean, that midfield of Mount, Bruno, Casemiro on paper is great, but I was texting you guys earlier today. That game was so wide open from like the 45th, 50th minute, and they just didn't feel like they had a good gel in the midfield, I guess, and just opened up the whole game. So again, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really see it from the boys today, but I guess you'll take take the three points and go to next. Brady, anything from you? Typical man, you performance just make something out of nothing and have the refs be on your side. We've seen it for the past couple of years. This defense is not good. They were they were middle of the park last year, and same same performance today. But teams just don't shoot well against them. Brady, <laughs> I mean we had teams a, we had a, we had a top well. defense. Come on, we had, last year we had a top three four. Back had, four. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You guys allowed more expected goals than Tottenham last year. There expected he is. Expected goals, dude. Teams goals. just don't shoot well against you guys goals. for no reason. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna move it up to XG Commander. That's how many. How many I'm, every, expected goals I'm just did elevating every time? His own goal. Hey, my if the XG says it and my eyes say it, <laughs> my eyes see it, then it's uh, then it's got to be true. Three points, man. That's funny. Three points. Yeah, Charlie. I think. I think there's a point to be made though. Like sometimes you got to get, get three points, even when it's really ugly. And like, that's what a lot of teams, when they like have successful seasons, even if it's like really ugly, which I guess it was today, like still find a way to win. <laughs> like, I think like that's, I mean, I, that's about the best compliment I can give. I do really want to discuss this like Onana take though, that like, that was the biggest penalty I've ever seen. And I've like, just absolutely clobbers two guys. I, I did see uh, apparently John Moss did apologize to Gary O'Neill, the Wolves manager, after the game. Because I guess the Wolves manager got a yellow, right, Charlie? Yeah. Immediately for after, a- like, he freaked out, and which rightfully so, but 
they just, I don't, I mean, that was a hundred percent of penalty in my books. I don't really know the exact rules, but I think he's, he just made up his mind before the guy kicked it. it was like, I'm going to clear this ball. Um, and yeah. realized he was way too far away. Um, but yeah, I think you, you can't do that. I don't really know what someone like someone tweeted. It out. I was like, Oh, but like the ball was tipped before he hit the guy. I don't know, but he smoked him. He pretty much punched him in the face. And, uh, but we move on to the next, uh, they didn't call it. I know, man, you get lucky that way. I see Brady rolling his eyes, but I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it and, uh, move on. It, I don't like uh, hate the call because it didn't, him punching him didn't like affect, like the ball wasn't going in. Like it wasn't going towards the goal. But like, you still I, can't I punch like him. Bandu- I, yeah, I know. But like, what do you do then? It's just a tough position to be in. They protect the goalies. I didn't hate it as much as other people did. I hated it. I hated it. I it reminded me of the like Rams Saints pass interference no call. That's what it reminded me of. It was that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was that bad, dude. This is game week uh, one. <laughs> yeah, I Wolves. know. <laughs> well, not the stage, but just like watch the... Wolves get relegated by like a point. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. But yeah, I, I will thought, no I mean, sleep. Wolves look decent, I guess. So there's that. Um, there's just a couple other things um, outside of our teams. Uh, Newcastle Villa, I touched on that a little bit earlier. I thought Newcastle looked fantastic. Um, Villa, not so much. I thought Musa Diaby looked good. But outside of that, I know we're waiting on to see what Tyrone Mings. He got injured. Um, see how that's going to play out. But uh, I believe some apologies are in order for uh, Sandro Tonali, fellas, on your guys' end. Oh, two yeah. hands up. Hands up. Um, <laughs> apparently, yeah, we got bodied by the Newcastle Twitter admin when he they, he tweeted out, I guess he does want to be here. Um, yeah, we were really wrong. He uh, he played great. That goal he had off the volley was insane. Um, and he worked really well with Bruno in the midfield. So, yeah, we were wrong on that. Um, I know it's only one week, but he looked like a star. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be really good if he continues like that. Yeah, I didn't know he was next, Andrea Pirlo, and Newcastle kid kind of looks like the Juventus kid, so it's even worse. They <laughs> also said the same thing, too. I know. it was. I thought of both of you, and like it was like the opening 25 minutes, and they're like, they're saying Tanali might be the next Pirlo. I was like, wow, hot takes coming in left and right um, from our crew here. But, yeah, no, he looked good. They look like a force. But, obviously, I think my my main concern with them still is you know, what happens once Champions League heats up? Like, what happens then when they have, like, they're fighting things on multiple fronts? But, yeah, to start the le- start the year, though, they're top of the league right now, um, just based on goal differential. So, um, good for them. And then, yeah, Man City looked super dominant. I feel like with this podcast, we're just kind of like, yeah, Man City won. All right, next. Just got, I mean, they looked – I mean, I know it's Burnley, but still, like, they looked – I thought they looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really need to talk about that. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Holland, Holland is insane. I mean, he's going to score every week. It's ridiculous. I don't yeah. really need to talk about him anymore. <laughs> cool. Uh, next up, want to discuss where we were right, where we were wrong, uh, based on our either bets or takes from last week. I know we touched on um, the Tenali piece, but I am going to take this moment to uh, take a little victory lap here. Um, I did say that wolves would be the first team to part from their manager and they were they uh even kind of like before the season started they're just parted ways with lopetegui 
I think that still holds true for first manager sacked, um, just based since it was after we we discussed it. But uh, yeah, I thought there was some fracture in in that organization, and it turns out uh, they just gave him the boot. They're out. So um, so yeah, go me. Congrats, Save. man. Uh, Thank you. Your Thanks, guys. That scoop was that's insane. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he got fired. Yeah, I got real inside <laughs> scoop um, at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Me and Fabrizio Romano, we are just two peas in a pod. But I, I have no some for that guy. Man. Yeah, I know the kit, man, exactly. Um, anything else we want to touch on? What we were, um, I know some of our bets didn't exactly hit last week, but um, where we were right, where we were wrong. Do you guys have anything else to add? I mean, Golden Boot, Harry Kane, can can you win that if you're in a different league? I don't, I don't know. Is that, is that possible? Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they I have that in the Bundesliga. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Chalked it up with an L already. Um, <laughs> no, Brady Brady's parlay hit. I'll give you that, but I had to give you shit on the yeah. Harry Kane one right there. And just all on Harry Kane on a moment, yours, though. Yours did too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, just just on a moment on Harry Kane, though, Brady. Um, thoughts on him joining Bayern Munich and they lost the trophy game immediately. Any thoughts there? Um, That's hilarious. I, I'm just glad Spurs Spurs would have caught so many strays on Twitter if Byron would have won. But I mean he came in there already two 0 down. Um yeah. so it's can't blame him. Typical uh Tommy Tuchel. Terrorist it's not ball. you, it's me. <laughs> were you be honest with Brady, were you rooting for him in that game or no? I didn't really care. I mean he, okay. he like barely had a first training session, so I knew like he wasn't gonna do much. Um if that was like a Champions League game, and I don't know, it's not like I'm going to tune into many uh, Bundesliga games this year. So, yeah, well, yeah, I I'll know. definitely be tuning into Bayern in yeah. Champions well, League. We can rely on our friend Matt Coiner for uh, Bayern Munich coverage. I know he's a big, big super Bayern fan. fan, so super yeah. fan. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're, we'll rely on him for for some um, coverage there, but. Uh, yeah, and anything else we got right or wrong? Um, we all hit our favorite totals um, that we bet on. Uh, Brady, Palace, and Sheffield under two and a half hit. Uh, C. Rose under two and a half for Liverpool, Chelsea. And then I took the over on Luton, Brighton over three and a half. So we were three for three there, fellas. Nice job. Thanks. Nice job. I don't know how my Everton pick didn't, didn't hit. I mean, Ooh. if that game yeah, no, gets played not. 10 times, they win that nine out of 10. They just could not is that put the based ball on, in the back of the net. Is that based on XG, Brady? Did they have like crazy high XG uh, or yeah. something? I can check. Let me see. Yeah, you do that. But please. also, I they they miss like legit like two one on ones. Yeah, the post I did see that. Twice. I Let's see. They <laughs> they put up two point seven expected goals. Two point seven. It scored zero. Score. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's Everton for you. That's Everton for you. Amen. Uh, next section we want to talk about, which I think will be kind of interesting. Um, we're all going to go around and say one transfer, multiple transfers we think our clubs need to make between now and then the transfer window. Transfer window ends uh, September 1st here. So I guess, Brady, starting with you with Spurs here, as you're evaluating the team after kind of week one, like what are some signs you hope they make or any any new things or new people that you hope are brought in? You know, I did see a rumor on Twitter um, about a couple days ago, I think even before Harry Kane was sold, that Spurs are interested in Eze from Palace. And I have him as my 
He's your breakout player, right? My breakout player this year. Yeah. And, you know, that would be amazing. He's 25 years old. He's homegrown. He is just, he's unreal with the ball at his feet, and that's what Spurs need. He's so athletic, and he just has a burst to him, and he's great at dribbling, and he would be amazing on the wing for us. If, he, if he's worth $70 million, I think they need to throw that at him. And Really? Yes. So, I think so you think it. you guys need help up front? Yes. Okay. We could also probably use one more center back, too. But besides yeah. that, I, I think I think we're fine. Do you, you feel good in midfield? Yeah, we got Ben Kerr coming back. Oh, that's right. About a month or two. We'll sell so didn't was an unused sub, which was kind of frustrating. I, I like him a lot. Oliver Skip started, which I he scored two goals in the preseason at Barca the week before, so I get it. But um, yeah, having Ivan Perisic come off the bench as like a a wing backup, it's kind of like oh, they could throw in some good crosses, but that's about it. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so you're hoping for Eze and then maybe just you know some other wingers or strikers. But I don't know, Charlie. Are you kind of surprised to hear that? I thought they had this great Brazilian striker that they. Um, I did not say that striker. Was the line. I did not say striker. Yeah, you know words into my mouth, Nicholas Bear. I did not say striker. <laughs> I uh, are you gonna who are you gonna sub out for Eze? The Kulusevski, who you thought was the su- summer summer signing, or Son, your club captain. <laughs> Where does he fit in there? Boy. That, that is tough because Son is kind of washed and he is not good. He's your captain, Brady. Uh, oh How my dare God. you? Take that back right now. I'll give you. you he's kind of washed, back. dude. He, one bad year and one bad game. That's, yeah, that's I'm just Son, saying, dude. I know. I love. I love him, but Sunny. Just, you got to use him differently. Him being out super wide with the ball at his feet is not the best way to use Son. Especially, we're not going to be on the counter so much. So he's he's not the same. I, I don't know. Love hmm. the guy, but where your, we're going to going to come from though, because they sure as hell won't come from your striker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if okay. Charleston scores this weekend against Man U, what are you going to do? What's what's Ooh, the value? I like I, this. I like this. I won't be on the pod. That's for sure. Uh, you, I will. I will get you. Um, you have to get a Richarlison jersey off of DH Gate. Ooh! And you have to. You have to wear it next time you come when we when we all hang out on the pod. <laughs> no, on the pod. Yes, I can't wear that. In public. Okay. Oh, okay. We'll co- all right. Interesting. Uh, so we will. We will definitely monitor that. Uh, Charlie Rose for Manchester United here before the window closes. Um, any thoughts for you? Anything that you guys are your, that you would like your your team to add? Outside of some maybe energy and spirit here, yeah. I mean, most realistically, we're linked to Pavard, which is would be a good signing because apparently our our back line is terrible, but uh, he can play center back and right back. So and he's mid twenties, so I think that'd be a solid signing for depth because uh, Martinez was really bad today. Um, but I think the obvious choice is striker. I don't have a specific striker in mind. I just think they need like at least for the time being until this Hoyland guy comes back, like an Edison Cavani type player who's like an older guy who would just come on and we only need him to play 45 minutes, but just like who's a force and can win headers and is a big like beast up front. And they, they fake tried to do that last year with Vout Weghorst, who was awful and scored just as many goals as with Charleston, zero. Um, so yeah, I think they just need, they need a big body. 
they don't need like a, a long-term striker, obviously, but I think it'd be nice to bring someone in, maybe old, maybe cheap, whatever, free agent, just someone who can add a little spark um, until this guy um, fixes his back, which I don't know how long that's going to take. Hopefully just a couple weeks, but yeah, I think striker would be nice. A uh, 20-year-old uh, with chronic back problems is, um, yeah. Sign sign us up for the future. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. 80 million how, pounds. Yeah, I don't know how extensive that is, but yeah, that Vout Vague Horse experience just seemed like a fever dream. Like, I, I like, I kept tuning in every week and be like, it just doesn't seem right that he is on Manchester United. Like he didn't I feel like he just didn't add anything that way. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, hopefully you get, if that guy gets healthy, Hoyland. Um, also just kind of random thought here. Are frosted tips back? Um, I saw <laughs> Lissandro Martinez had some frosted tips. Uh, Garnacho, I think Gmarish, um from Newcastle. I was, a lot of frosted tips. Premier League opening weekend. Do you guys notice that too or no? Yeah, it's, it's not American a good look. Thing. It didn't work for Man U boys. That was bad. But yeah, it might be. Didn't, didn't Lissandro get hooked at halftime? Yeah, it was that bad. He was. I didn't know he got kicked. He got um, taken off at halftime for who? He got a yellow. They put in Lindelof. So that just shows you how far down Harry Maguire is on the depth chart. But I think he'll be out the door this week, anyways. You think so? he's going West Ham? Take whatever we can get for him and get out of here. Don't let, don't let your giant for it hit you in the, hit the door on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be good for him, though, just to get some more regular minutes yeah. and less pressurized environment. I think that'll actually be good for both both of them that way. Cool. Uh, all right, well, time to cover Liverpool here. I'm just going to go over the entire absurdity that has been um, from Thursday night to our current state right now. As you all will know, Brady and I did an emergency podcast because we were so excited. We're not excited, but sad about Harry Kane leaving, excited about Moises Caicedo having a deal agreed upon to Liverpool until that deal was hijacked by Chelsea. Um, I have it out for Fabrizio Romano from here on out. I used <laughs> to trust that man. Like If it was here we go, it's here we go. That's it. That's like set in stone. That is not the case. This man is getting community noted left and right. Uh, I think... I think he was clearly like as a journalist, like very close to whatever Caicedo's agents um, and some of that reporting. I wasn't a huge fan of, but turns out Caicedo has decided to choose uh, Chelsea for a British record fee of 115 million pounds, which is $146 million. Um, So Liverpool miss out on him. And then we also miss out on our actual, our first target, Romeo Lavia. Um, We, he ends up choosing Chelsea as well once they make a, make a bid for him. So, um, bigger concern for me is like we just have zero pull. Like we like it used to be at least like people wanted to like play with Klopp. Like we when we had momentum, we were winning the league, winning the Champions League. People wanted to play at Liverpool, and now we're getting. I understand the allure of London, but like the Chelsea project is a mess, and people are like choosing that. Based, I mean, I'm sure also like the wages they're being offered are probably way higher than what we're offering, but. Um, now we're in a position where everybody knows we have 115 million pounds to spend on a defensive midfielder and we need one really badly. And I just think we're not in a good state overall as, as it pertains to the transfer market. So we need a DM, but on the whole, I'm just really unimpressed with how we've handled our business here this summer, considering we knew we needed multiple, at least two more midfielders here. Yeah. I, one thing to add to that, so I'm guessing 
financial fair play is just a whole bunch of BS. Like that just doesn't exist. How would I don't understand doing this? I don't get it. Oh, they've spent it's a billion dollars in the last three transfer windows, which I know they have some outgoings to do, but like still one billion on transfers. And like there's no that's not even on wages. (laughs) Yeah, that's just transfer fees. That's not even including like what they're actually paying these guys. Like this Lavia, like he's coming in with Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez. Those guys are going to be probably two of the top five midfielders for the next 10 years. (laughs) Like they're both like under 22 years old. Like how does he think he's going to play much and develop? I don't know. I know. I know. So, I mean, yeah, from a Chelsea perspective, I'm not even sure how they're making some of this work unless they're just going all in on like, Hey, we're going to get slapped with the transfer ban here. And we might as well just get these guys while we can and then deal with all the rest later, I guess. But um, from a Liverpool perspective, just like super disappointed. Also, it's just kind of like how the club's operating in the transfer market. We used to have, you know, Michael Edwards as our footballing director, just be in and out, get like all of a sudden lock somebody up, get them in for a great fee, which was we were renowned for. And now we're going to be on our fourth sporting director in 18 months. Uh, it sounds like Jurgen Klopp's taking a lot of the decision making now um, when it comes to the summer transfers, and it's just it hasn't panned out how we wanted and how we were expecting. And I mean, we obviously need a couple midfielders now, and I honestly think like a defender too. Because um, if Kanate goes down or Van Dyke goes down, I don't feel great about Matzip or Gomez. So we'd like to see another center back, but definitely need to prioritize midfield. Unless you guys have anything else to add there. Yeah, no, you need bodies in the midfield um, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, maybe defender would help, but midfield, midfield, midfield for sure. Um, I don't know who you're going to get or who's even decent out there left. I'd go for Calvin Phillips. Maybe, I don't know, Tyler Adams has yeah. probably gotten scooped up, but go go for a loan. If you can't get anyone a, a, a fee, go for a loan. Um, but I, yeah. you definitely need another body for sure. I'd like I'd take Calvin Phillips for sure. Absolutely. Free him. Uh, would you guys take, would you take Hoiberg? Dude, I'd take about anybody right now. I'd definitely take Hoiberg, but I doubt Spurs send him over. I mean, we just need like a we need like a defensive center mid to kind of open up some space for some of our new signings who are more forward going anyway. So, um, but yeah, that kind of covers our transfers, what we think needs to happen here. Now moving on to one of my favorite segments that we're going to have here, the championship with Charlie. Charlie Rose, in addition to the Premier League starting – We've also had the first few weeks here with the championship. What did we what did we learn this week? Give us an overview. I know I said it before, but the championship is a grind, ladies and gentlemen. It is a grind. It's gritty. Um, had a really tough time even trying to be able to watch the games this weekend with my computer almost blowing up uh, on these secondhand sites and realize that they're not on ESPN+. Plus. So it's going to be a long year. Uh, bear with me, everybody. But yeah, the championship, two weeks in, two match weeks in. Uh, a lot of good stuff. I'll run through a couple, but first I have to start with Leeds. They're my team. Uh, Leeds are bad. They're really bad, and it's really sad. Um, I have so many questions um, for them, and it makes nothing makes sense. So they have new owners as of this summer. It's the 49ers group. Um, I'm on my hands and knees. Do something, please. Uh, they're a team where they're trying to go right back up to the Premier League, and they have done awful business this summer. Uh, if you guys would just hold on and let, let me read this list here. Rodrigo sold for three and a half million. Robin Cock, loan fee. Max Wilber, How much loan you fee. Rodrigo for? Three and a half million. Where? To, to Saudi, Saudi. What? All right. They fleeced you guys. I know. 
Robin Cock, loan fee. Max Wober, loan fee. Joel Robles, free. Aronson, loan fee. Harrison, loan. Rasmus Christensen, loan. Mark Roca, loan. Like, why are we loaning everybody out? Can we get some fees for these people if we're not? We're loaning everyone out, I feel like, in the hopes of just going right back up to the Premier League, but then not signing anybody else. So we've had, we've made a total, we've lost eight players from a Premier League side team, probably going to be nine and 10 with Nanto and Sinistero almost out the door this week. And we've made $4 million. Also Jack Harrison, correct? Yes. And Jack Harrison too. Yeah. Sorry about that. And we'll get about less than $10 million. So the business, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and then I'm, I, when I finally found a stream to watch these guys this weekend, it was bad. The difference between week one and week two, where we had Sinister, we had Somerville, we had Nanto playing, they were creating chances. We could have had three, four goals. This week, I think until the 80-something minute, we had one shot on target. We had a front three starting of Poveda, Dan James, and Joe Gelgahart of 5'6", five, 5'7", five, five, Tell me how somebody wins a header in the box. <laughs> so dumb. We we bring our our club world our club fee record off the bench. Fifteen minutes left in the game. Like he needs to start. He's over six feet tall. Just a lot of questions marks with them. They didn't. They had a pretty bad summer, and I'm pretty frustrated with the fact that Nanto Somerville, or not not Somerville Nanto and uh, Sinistera. Like why did they made this and only they want to leave at the beginning of the summer? Not two weeks into the year, and mm. we're trying to scramble. So. It's going to be grind. The team that showed up to Birmingham on Saturday uh, was a mid-table in the championship team uh, at best. So it's going to be a long year unless they make some moves here in the last couple of weeks. But I will move on from Leeds unless you guys want to just dig the knife into my back a little bit more. No, you can carry for it. I didn't get a chance to watch them. Um, but, yeah, just <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on summer transfer business, though. Three million pounds. And you got to – I mean, for – eight players out like i don't think yeah. that bodes well but yes sorry continue and I mean, also one other note though sorry we we will make a resolution to get espn plus so we don't have to risk your macbook like combusting and so we'll get there. we'll get that sorted out you're on espn plus no i don't i don't think it was on last weekend espn plus we'll figure that out all right, all right. i'm gonna get rattle through the championship real quick <laughs> Middlesbrough continued to struggle. They lost 0-3 to Coventry. Many people had Middlesbrough at the top of the table. They have zero points after two games. QPR, shock win. Um, Brian O'Brady took Cardiff in a bet, but they beat Cardiff 2-1. to um, Leicester with the easy dub, uh, 1-0. And then the one of the games of the week was no winner, but a 4-4 draw with Norwich in Southampton was an absolutely electric game. Uh, shout out Team USA, but um, Josh Sargent had a goal, and then we had a couple goals by Che Adams and, Ad, and Adam Armstrong, giving them three each after two games. So Southampton looks like a wagon in the championship, probably replacing my Leeds pick to someone getting promoted. And then shout out Ed Sheeran, the Ipswich Town, straight from League One, yes. top of the table <laughs> after two games, six points, most goals. Heads. Um, they're looking good. So shout out Ipswich Town. I'm gonna be on that wagon all year. Um, and that is the championship week two, ladies and gentlemen, we have many weeks left. Stay with me, but it's going to be a long grind of a year. If switch town, I, I hope they, I mean, I hope they obviously continue doing well and hopefully leads figure it out. But yeah, I didn't, I haven't watched much championship, but I just feel like every time I tune in, like, I think my first experience was like four, four Southampton Norwich. I'm just like, this league <laughs> is just insane. It's going to be like this whole yeah. season. So yeah. See Rose, is this a must win against West Brom this weekend? At home, 
Yes, it is. Um, I, there's no another way to say it. I mean, we need to get bodies in and we need to get these other bodies out who don't want to be there, but we need, we need to win for sure. Morale is, it, is low. Is it, time to, is it time to pull up the panic button yet? Or is that like, are you just trying to find it or are you fully bringing it out yet? Um, I, I know where it's at in the drawer. Uh, I'm not going to pull okay. it out yet, okay. but I, I, I can see it. It's right there gotcha. if I need it. It's in same distance. Nice. Okay. Well, thanks for the championship update, Charlie. We'll, we'll be swinging back to that um, again next week. Uh, switching gears a little bit here. Um, a little piece of news also would be uh, Neymar appears to be on his way to Saudi to Al Halal, uh, signing a two-year deal worth $326 million. So he'll be making that over the course of two years. I think this is a good opportunity for us to talk about Neymar just in general, kind of what his career arc has been like. Obviously, that's a crazy amount of money to go to Saudi, but uh, obviously had that great experience at Barcelona with um, Messi, Suarez, and Neymar winning Champions League. And then from there, he kind of set in motion a lot of this transfer business. He went to PSG for $242 million, which now seems, I mean, it's still a crazy amount of money, but back in 2016, that was almost absurd to go there for that amount of money. And then to see the kind of career he's had, I'm pretty disappointed at PSG, unfortunately. No Champions League. Uh, he's played about half of their um, League One games. Not a huge, not a whole lot of like memorable moments, unfortunately. But um, now heading out to Saudi here um already so i'm a little disappointed but kind of like what's your guys thought um just on neymar in general i uh i'm i'm kind of on the same boat it's it's one of those things he's going to saudi i'm I'm not really a big neymar guy i think his peak was messi suarez neymar um barcelona those days they were unreal and then he went to the overly Eats league in france i mean i think that was a money move too and in his prime and Sure, he put up good numbers. I don't really know they have the stats with me, but it's France and there's not a lot of good teams. So I, I've always been like, a, oh, like I'll wa- I watch Neymar on Brazil. Like that's when he shines for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, him in France and him going to Saudi Arabia, I think it's, I wouldn't say a total like full downhill, but it's, it's, it's kind of relevant and it's, all right, go get your money and play in Saudi Arabia. But yeah, I, I, it doesn't really bother me that much. I'm not really a huge Neymar guy, but I don't know. What do you think, Brady? Yeah, I mean he's he's 31 years old, and obviously, PS just tenure at PSG can kind of be looked at as a failure. Um, made one Champions League final and lost at Bayern uh, during the COVID year, but um, yeah, I just feel like he's always got an injury at an un- unlucky time that really sets him back. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he what he does before the next World Cup if he comes back after his contract in Saudi Arabia yeah. or, or not. I saw a couple of rumors on Twitter that people were kind of predicting that, but yeah, it's kind of sad that all these big name guys are going over to Saudi Arabia. Like I feel like he still has a lot left to give to the game and now he's just kind of irrelevant almost. I, my first, cause like when I first started, I think the like biggest moment where I realized I was really into soccer too, was like the 2014 FIFA world cup in Brazil. And he was like the guy, like it was like, here's the next superstar. He is like the bona fide star of Brazil. And to see, just kind of track his career now at PSG, I felt like it was just kind of like nothing. Like I wish he was either like would have stayed in Spain or gone to like the Premier League somewhere. But I mean, still such a talented guy. But like, I think just ultimately pretty disappointing um, with that fee to go to PSG and then perform the way he did without really bringing home any you know European hardware. I think that's disappointing. So I hope he comes back. I think you know this might just be 
you know, a way to go get a bag of $326 million and then uh, <laughs> make his way back, which, you know, not a bad way to spend a couple of years, I guess. But um, yeah, I hope he comes back to European football. And I hope he's still with Brazil um, when they make the World Cup here in um, 2026. Obviously, I hope he's part of that squad. So, um, but yeah, we'll see about that. Last thing, last couple of things we want to talk about here. Um, we're going to go over some previews for week two. Uh, I guess this is probably the first time on the, on the pod uh, we got um, two two teams playing against each other. Tottenham versus Man U. Um, apparently, there's already a bet on the table for a DH gate Richarlison jersey. Um, it appears so we'll be monitoring that. But boys, how are you feeling going into that game? Um, I have to say is I'm glad we played like crack today because we can't play any worse than a big game. I don't think we'll knock on wood, but. Uh, yeah, these games are always tight with Spurs and Man U, so hopefully we get a little luck on our side and the boys actually decide to show up and play. Uh, but I'm excited. It's going to be a great, uh, great game. I think it'll be fun. It's, it's a different Spurs team, too. They'll be more attacking, so I think this game's going to be wide open, and I'm hoping it's going to be nuts. But uh, I'm excited. Maybe, Brady, I'll get you like a Harry Maguire jersey before he leaves or something if you lose this. i got to think of somebody <laughs> whose jersey you'd have to get. Maybe Garnacho. <laughs> Yeah, Brady gets frosted tips. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah, that this is going to be a fun game for sure. I feel like United always play well at, at Tottenham, so kind of expecting it, especially after this opening uh, game for Man U. You know, I'm sure Ten Hag will realize they didn't play well, and he'll he'll kind of get that get on them this week in training for the match. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, I think Spurs will win. I mean, I United just don't. That performance was not convincing, and I think Spurs home, will have a huge home advantage. I think the crowd will really get behind them, especially after uh, Harry Kane leaving. Spurs did beat Man City in opening game two years ago without Harry Kane. Just the crowd, kind of a similar situation. People thought Kane was leaving, um, so yeah, that's that's why they're my uh, pick of the underdog of the week. Underdog of the week, Brady. Home underdog. Crazy. Home underdog. Spurs plus one eighty money team. line. Plus one eighty money line. I like that. Okay. Um, yeah, just kind of yeah. Looking at that, I think that's going to be an open game too, Charlie. If they give up the chances they gave to Wolves, if Spurs get those, I I do think that's going to be over two and a half goals. I would guess. Yeah, um, I'm just going based on historic. Like how they usually play in the past, but I I'm, yep. I might have to change that before this week happens. <laughs> I kind of agree; it's be wide open. Yep. Um, so then the other game I'm really interested in: Man City versus Newcastle. Um, at the Etihad, I know, but still, just kind of seeing how Newcastle played. Um, I'm going to be interested to watch that game and see. Um, I think that's just going to be a really good football match um, ahead of you know a really good week here. So I'm um, interested to see if Man City just continue being a machine and just moving forward and moving on to the next. But um, yeah, I think that's game. I'll, I'll be definitely watching closely. Um, anything else you guys are looking for this weekend? No, that's, that's it for me. Those are two huge games um, for week two. I think the marquee games for sure. I think Liverpool put a pound in on Bournemouth, but those are the two big games this week and two big games for only week two. So I'm excited. Last yeah, time, I'm interested uh, to see how City look without De Bruyne. Cause I think he, Oh, that's true. He's probably going to be out with his hamstring injury, so that's a big loss for them. I wonder how long he's going to be out because it's been this has been plaguing him for a while. So it might be like a yeah. month or two or a couple months, maybe. 
Um, yeah. So we'll see on that. But yeah, fun fact, last time Bournemouth visited Anfield, uh, they gave up nine goals. So I did take the over three and a half goals in the Liverpool-Bournemouth game. I know obviously it's a completely different situation, but they're over three and a half, um, which is minus 102, so almost, almost even money there. Um, so that's going to be my bet of the week or favorite total, I guess. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to Anfield. Just one of life's simple pleasures for me is turning on the TV and hearing you'll never walk alone and get a chance to see them run out of Anfield. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, sounds like a good week ahead there. But um, yeah, I think that about covers it here, uh, g- both from our predictions for going forward with week two and covering week one. Um, I guess we'll get a solidified bet here between uh, the, for a Richarlison jersey, see what that might be. Um, but boys, anything else you want to add here before we wrap up? Uh, no, I, w- one last thing my bet of the week is it's coming home, ladies of England, to win it all in the semis, plus 160. They got some, they wow. got some, some good players out there. For all our female listeners, this, this one's for you, um, all two of you. But uh, yep. yeah, that's my bet of the week. But no, I'm excited. First real rivalry within game within the pod this weekend. So it'll be fun. Um, and I know Brady might not be able to watch because he'll be moving. But uh, don't worry, I will be firing off a lot of texts your way and Snapchats. <laughs> Hopefully happy Snapchats on my end. Um, but it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, and I just, we're back, boys. We're so back. It's fun um, and excited. So let's keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. So back. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yep. Uh, Brady, big move for you this weekend, though. How you feeling? You got everything all packed up, all good to go? Not yet. Not yet. Shoot. Got to get the U-Haul truck Friday, um, but we're just organizing everything right now and uh, getting it in bins and stuff, so it'll be easy to get on the truck. God, moving sucks. Sorry, that just sounds awful. I'm I know. Sorry. Right? I was th- I'm thinking the same thing. I'm just like, man, that just I've done it a bunch of times. It's just no fun, but Godspeed yeah. to you. Hopefully, at least you can get a um, you know, Tottenham win, maybe. Make that not as bad, but Well, that wraps it up here. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Really looking forward to, you know, continuing this podcast and continuing touching on a bunch of different things. So we'll be back here um, shortly. And please enjoy this. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.